Hi everyone, welcome back to How to College First Gen, where we have real conversations about what it's like to be a first generation student before, during, and after college. For those of you new to the podcast, our goal here is to democratize knowledge that we've gained along the way, learn a little bit more about the first gen experience, and hopefully help others going through some of the challenges first gen's experience by sharing lessons learned from fellow first gens. I am Luz, one of the podcast co-hosts and a first generation student myself. Today, we will be talking about what it means to have work-life balance. This balance can look different for each person, but it's important to recognize how you value your time and how you want to spend it. Figuring out what works for you can help you make your time feel more fulfilling. Our guest today, Madeline, shares her journey on figuring out how to manage that balance and the changes she's made in her life to get to a work-life balance that suits her. So Madeline, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience? Hi, my name is Madeline Swan, and I am a 24-year-old from Gastonia, North Carolina, a suburban area outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. I went to college at a four-year university called Wingate University, and I also went to a medical trade school. I first learned that I was a first-generational college student probably when I was in high school when I started applying for colleges. I went crazy and applied to probably 14 different colleges because my thought was, what's the harm in having options, right? So as I was filling out all of the questionnaires and the demographic information, they would ask, are you a first generation college student? I didn't really know what that meant. I had to ask my mom. So she, to my surprise, said, yes, you are a first generation college student. And I didn't know what that meant. She just said, your dad and I didn't finish college and you would be the first one to finish. So that makes you a first generational college student. My mom just did a certificate program for accounting and my dad didn't go to college, but he was still incredibly successful. He worked at Coca-Cola for 11 years and has now been working with AT&T for 23 years. So I do believe that you don't necessarily need college to be successful, but you know, being a first generational college student has its own challenges. It it can open a lot of doors, but there's a lot of difficulties that comes with it as we both know being first gens. Yes. So before we kind of dive into our work-life balance topic a little bit more deeply, so having your parents as decent role models that you didn't need college to be successful, so what made you want to go to college then? I was always interested in the medical field. And obviously, I think because my parents didn't go to college, they were putting this pressure on me to go to college, but also societal pressure in general, because you know, there's a certain order that you're supposed to do things. Like if you're dating someone, you get engaged, you get married, you have children. So if you're in high school, you're supposed to go to college and then get the job. And that's the path that is forced upon everybody. So subconsciously, it was forced upon me. I wasn't aware of it at the time. (laughs) But like I said, I was always interested in the medical field. So I took the expected route and I applied to multiple four-year universities and I made my mind up finally to go into occupational therapy. So I was going to go in as a psychology major because with that field of study, you can either go into psychology or exercise science, I guess, whatever you're more interested in. 
So I enrolled in Wingate University and I liked it because it was on the other side of Charlotte. So there was enough distance between my family and I to feel like I had space. But in the event of an emergency, I was only an hour away from home so I could make it home pretty quickly. Something that I haven't mentioned yet, though, is that in high school, I started to develop a chronic illness. And it started in my junior year and continued on into college. And that, I think, also is what made me want to choose the medical field and go to college and get into the business of helping other people the way I had been helped as I was struggling with my health. What was it like to go through college for you? Like, what was that experience like? How did you manage your time there? I love being organized. So just from like a, I guess, a logistics side of things, I always had a planner. I would be excited to start new classes because you'd get all the new syllabi and you can write down all the assignments and color code and things like that. But also while struggling with my health, I had to show myself a lot of grace and give myself a lot of breaks because I couldn't push myself to do it all, no matter how much I wanted to, because my body literally wouldn't let me if I pushed it too hard. So I had to learn to listen to myself and to my body. And if I could stay up another hour studying or if I needed to go to bed and try again tomorrow, it was a whole new learning experience for me because it was obviously my first time being a college student and my first time being chronically ill. I, I I wasn't sure what to expect or how to manage it, but I figured it out eventually. Yeah, I feel like when you first get to college, you're figuring out how much you can test your limits, getting like very little sleep and what you're eating may not always be the best. So kind of interesting that like your health kind of forced you to really think about that in a little bit more deeply and more consciously. So kind of along those lines, so how did you manage your workload and time off? What maybe habits did you develop in college that you maybe took with you after you graduated? An important thing to mention before I go into all of that is that I did not finish at my university. I actually really struggled at one point because my health was getting, I don't want to say worse, but I had finally gotten a diagnosis. I had finally gotten diagnosed with Lyme disease in college and I was going through treatments and going through medical treatments while you're sick and balancing college was a lot for me. I felt overwhelmed and felt like I couldn't keep up. And so I, being the impulsive person that I am, wanted to drop out immediately. And my mom talked me down off the ledge. She said, if you are really struggling that bad, just drop a couple of classes, finish your semester, get those credits. And I'm really glad I did that because those credits transferred to my next school. So I took a semester off and I wanted to go straight into the workforce. I didn't want to mess with school anymore. I was tired. I was still recovering. I was like, is it all worth it? I don't know. (laughs) But my parents, again, I don't know if it's because they were first gen or if it's because of the societal expectation, they said I had to go back to college. So I was struggling with wondering if I should go back to a university and finish my bachelor's degree or try something completely new. And I was really tired and my thought process at the time was I'm going to find something with the least amount of schooling with the greatest reward. So I ended up 
going through a medical trade school and I went into the radiologic technology program and it was extremely hard. So I did a lot of those balancing acts there too, but it it was hard to not completely dedicate my entire life to school, especially in such a focused program. I think that also is a testament to just because you're first gen doesn't mean you have to follow this path that is placed before you. But anyway, I graduated from radiologic technology program, which is an x-ray tech for people who don't know, because I didn't know prior to enrolling. And (laughs) I was kind of learning along the way. So I graduated in April of 2021 into a pandemic. And I started working in the hospital. And I loved that at first. That's the thing about being a new graduate is You have this new graduate energy where you're like, okay, I'm finally in the place that I've been working towards this whole time. It's my time to shine. I'm going to prove to everybody that I can do this. I can do what I went to school for. And so I was going crazy. I was working all the hours. They had this position called PRN. And for people who don't know medical terms, it means as needed. And that basically means that you fill in for the quote unquote permanent staff when they take time off. So because we were in a pandemic and we were short staffed, I was picking up tons of hours from first, second and third shift. And I was getting my experience, stacking up as much money as possible and trying to get adjusted to my new work life. And that I I don't think I could have sustained that long term. Something that I didn't consider when I was choosing a job or a career field, I should say, is what are my personal limitations? Am I going to be able to dedicate my 40 hours a week being a chronically ill person to being on my feet the whole time and running around and being doing a physically demanding job? I didn't take that into account and that affected my work-life balance in the future. I also just kind of jumped on the first job opportunity that came my way and I didn't weigh out all of my options. So I ended up working about 40 minutes one way. So I was commuting, yeah, almost an hour and a half depending on traffic every single day and then working my eight hour shift on top of that five days a week. So I felt like I was dedicating so much of my time to work and Shortly after I graduated, a few months after, I was able to buy a house. So I was itching to get home and enjoy my house. I had just moved in. I was ready to decorate and do all the things. And I just felt like so much of my time was given to working this job. And because of my PRN position at the time, I was working crazy hours. I never really knew my schedule in advance. And I felt like it threw me off balance as far as me having a schedule, like your circadian rhythm. I was sleeping at random times of the day, depending on my work schedule. And I was eating at different times. And I feel like I was getting sick a lot easier. So I felt like that couldn't be sustained long term. So I thought the solution to that was maybe getting a permanent position and working full-time hours. So I ended up getting a job that was second shift. And my first thought was second shift is awesome. I get to wake up and not have to go straight to work because if you're anything like me, waking up 
and immediately getting ready for work is the worst thing possible. <laughs> I hate that so much. It ruins my mood. So I, I'm a morning person, but not when I have to go straight to work. So I was so excited for those second shift hours. And I really thought that that was my answer. I thought that changing to those second shift hours, having a set schedule, so at least I'm not running around like crazy, was going to work. But what I didn't realize was that eventually was not going to provide me any work-life balance either, because I'm still working eight hours a day, five days a week. I'm still commuting, and I'm still doing an extremely tough physical labor job. So... I worked that for a few months and I eventually started to get more and more, I guess you could say miserable because I did reach a point where I was crying every day saying, this is not what I wanted for myself because I was on second shift and I loved that for me, but I'm very blessed to have all four of my grandparents still here and still doing well. I have an extended family that is growing rapidly. I have friends. I have my immediate family. I have a partner. I just have all these people that I wanted to see and make time for. And like I said, I bought a house. So now I'm solely responsible for doing the dishes and doing the laundry and making sure the house doesn't look a mess. So it was just a lot on my plate. And I didn't feel like I had a plate big enough that had room for it all. So I could not sustain that long term. And I was kind of struggling because I didn't know what else I wanted to do. I felt like because I graduated into a pandemic and there was really a need for workers and I was one of the workers that was willing to step up and to fill in where they had gaps, I felt like I was overworked and taken advantage of by the people that were scheduling me because I was an easy yes when they needed something covered. So All of that combined just was not working for me. And I was at the point where I was crying a lot because I was so unfulfilled and feeling unbalanced because I would get to the weekends and I would only have two days to cram in all the time with my family, all the time for myself, all the productive time around the house. And I couldn't make time for it all. And for the things that I did make time for, I had to sacrifice time with somebody else because of that. And it just was not an ideal situation to sustain for me long term. That makes sense. I I think it's interesting because I think a lot of times as first gens, we get that first job and we don't really know what is okay, what's not okay, like where to place some of these limits. Because I think a lot of times we're like, okay, well, this is Maybe this is how the world works. Everyone's expected to like be putting in these crazy hours and just like kind of deal with it. But I'm glad you at least notice like, hey, like this is this is crazy. Like it's not sustainable. It's it's demanding way too much of my time and it's not what I need. So I think one of the hardest things initially is figuring that out and sometimes being a little bit late to that. I feel like that's the challenge too, because it is so normalized to just bite the bullet and take it and don't stand up for yourself. Don't fight the power in a sense. So I started to realize this is not how life is supposed to be. And I didn't 
realize at first how much the job was affecting me. But then when I got to the point where I was so upset every day and then just showing up at work and having to give 110% every single day and not being able to completely rest and recharge in between my shifts, that's when I realized this is not working for me. This is not normal. And I think something that was the final straw for me was in the last few months that I was working at the hospital, my grandparents got sick with COVID and thankfully it was not bad, but I had this thought to myself, what if it was, and I just spent my last months with them working all my time away. That was something that really was a reality check for me that you cannot sustain this long-term. So at that time, I knew it was time to leave and find something new, but I had no idea what I was going to do next. So let me ask you this. So how did your time management compare to while you were at school? Because I know a lot of times, at least for me, so my major was chemical engineering, which is very demanding and requires tons of hours. So in college... It was the norm that you'd be spending crazy amounts of hours. So then when I graduated, I was like, okay, well, I'm sort of used to spending crazy hours. So like, it's not really anything new. So it's fine. Or at the time, I guess, felt fine. So for you, is that like a similar case where you were dedicating like the same percentage of your time for work as you did for school and like personal stuff? Or did that like completely shift when you started working? I think I was probably dedicating around the same amount of time, but the work that I was dedicating myself to looked totally different. So for school, you have three or four classes a day and they're only, well, in my case, they were only anywhere from 50 minutes to an hour and a half. And then you had the rest of the day to do as you wished with your time. You weren't required to study a certain amount or do a certain amount of homework. It was all up to you, basically. And I felt in my job that I graduated into that the nature of the healthcare field in general, especially if you're working in the hospital, is you're going to be on your feet. You're going to be running around a lot. And I enrolled into that program before the pandemic started. So I had no idea what I was about to graduate into until we shut down and I got pulled from class and clinical and I was completely doing things online at home, but I didn't have an idea of what I was getting myself into when I enrolled, or I may have chosen something different. Yeah. Cause I think in maybe more regular cases, like it might've not been so crazy and might've been a little bit more manageable. Yeah. And I got the unique opportunity to see what the healthcare field was like before the pandemic, because I started my clinical the semester before all of that happened. So the fall semester of, I guess that was 2019, I was in class and clinical and I was working in the hospital as a student and seeing what it was like. And we didn't have to wear masks. We didn't have to, you know, do all these precautions. But then the pandemic came and I got pulled for a full semester We went back into the hospital after the pandemic as students to finish up our time. And it was a totally different world. And when I graduated, there was another surge in, I think it was the summer of 2021. And we were having a lot of COVID cases. And that was my peak time of trying to learn the job and I guess, sharpen my skills at work and become an independent functioning technologist. 
And I was more or less kind of thrown to the wolves because there were staffing issues and they needed people to cover. And even though I had only a few months of experience, I was working overnights by myself and being responsible for the whole hospital because nobody else was going to do it. It's a little bit different. I feel like it's almost the same amount of time, but you're spending it differently. And I think each person is going to be different in what they can and can't handle. And being a student for me was not as strenuous or even as hard to balance my time as a working adult, especially in the healthcare field. Yeah. So I guess when you were in school, even though you were dedicating maybe like similar amounts of time to like school versus your personal life, you don't feel like it was like your work-life balance was like way out of whack. Right. Yeah. I felt like I was still doing fulfilling things instead of working and dedicating so much of my time to something that was what I used to say, draining the life out of me is what it felt like at the time. I think that's interesting too, because I think as you kind of progress in your life, school, career, whatever, that like a lot of those priorities and where you want to spend your time sort of shifts. Because I think a lot of times while you're in school, you're more okay with spending maybe a little bit more time with schoolwork versus free time just because you're like wanting to invest that time so that later maybe some of that time will open up or something so that's also like I think an interesting thing to see how those priorities shift and how as those priorities shift you need to make sure your work-life balance schedule is also shifting with it Yes. And that is something I wasn't prepared for as a high schooler. I wasn't thinking like that. I wasn't thinking, what do I need a job to give to me in order for me to feel fulfilled and balanced and happy enough to stay there long term? And a lot of times I say, you know, you don't know until you get put in a position like that. And you have become an adult and your priorities have shifted and you realize what you thought was going to work for you before really doesn't actually work because your priorities have changed. You've grown up, you've changed, and you've evolved as a person. And you have a different set of needs that aren't being met with what you thought you needed. How would you say that your work-life balance is now? Like how has, after you realized that old stuff wasn't working, obviously you had to make some changes to adapt to what your current priorities are. So what does your work-life balance look like now? I actually had a quarter-life crisis and I quit my job to start a business. My thought in making that decision was the healthcare field is in dire need right now of people to step up and they're going to have staffing issues wherever I go. And I just did not feel like it was worth it to continue to shop around for different locations to change to because I I did do that and it never felt right to me. And I was getting a lot of signs to make a bigger leap and to start a business. And it was very scary, a very scary decision. But I ended up quitting my job. It was actually about six months ago. And I went all in on a business because my thought was, no matter what this business is, I'm going to be able to work for myself, potentially work from home. I get to do whatever on my own terms. And I feel like that would bring me the change that I need. And if it doesn't, I'm still an x-ray tech. I'm still certified. I keep up my certification. I can always go back and try again. It's a constant learning process. That's a misconception, 
again, that I had when I was younger is that you pick one job and you stay there forever. You don't have to do that. You can change your mind as much as you need to until you find something that fits. As I was thinking back on my story and all the things that I didn't know going into that job that I should have known or would have liked to have known, I was thinking there's a lot of people that are in the same boat. There's a lot of people that I feel like will graduate with a bachelor's degree and can't find work in their field or will find work in their field and realize they totally hate it. And I just feel like overall, there's a huge lack of career guidance. And so as I was thinking back on the amount of things that me and my peers have dealt with trying to get our lives together and grow up and become an adult, I realized that there's just a whole lack of guidance and people to walk you through that. So I actually started a college and career coaching business to fill the gap that I felt like needed to be filled. The same thing that y'all are doing. And I think it really is needed. I think in college, it just like the resources available can vary a lot from school to school. And sometimes some students might not feel comfortable going to some people about those things, or maybe don't even realize that that's something they should think about even doing. Sort of just get thrown in. I think initially you're like, okay, I need to focus on these classes, make sure I'm passing my classes. And sometimes it's easy to forget what's coming next. It's easy to have like tunnel vision on just getting through it and sometimes forget what am I going to do after. Yeah. So to answer your question though, before when I was in the healthcare field, I obviously struggled very much to manage my time. And I think that was just the nature of the position that I was in. I don't know that there was something more that I could have been doing to make that experience better for me. I think I just really needed to go through that to realize this is what you can't do forever. So what can you do forever? And I just felt like I needed to make a change. So now that I work for myself, and I've made it sound like rainbows and butterflies, but it's not always that. Yeah, I was going to say, every time I hear about people starting their own business, it's even crazier hours. <laughs> so I'm really excited to hear about what you have to say about how that really compared to like the hours you were doing for the radiology stuff and how you feel like you still maybe do or don't have work-life balance. It takes a lot of discipline to be your own boss. And I actually have my own podcast and I was interviewing one of my best friends and she said, I could not do what you do. I need structure and I need somebody to tell me what I need to be doing. So it's not for everybody, but I set certain work hours for myself every day. And that's always flexible depending on what the day may hold. I also make a list of tasks that need to be done. I still have my handy dandy planner because I will never give that up. (laughs) And I prioritize what needs to be done for sure within that day and what could potentially roll over to the next day if I don't get to it. And with my personal time, I will schedule my time with my friends and my family around my work schedule or vice versa. I feel like I'm much happier now that I can make time for everything that I want, but also something that is different from the job that I did before and is kind of similar to college, I guess, in a sense. When I was at the hospital working, my hours were 4 p.m. to midnight, Monday through Friday. So it was expected of me to show up to work and be productive for those full eight hours every day and to not vary from that. So 
what I like about this now, kind of like what I liked so much about being in college is if I wake up and I feel super energized and I'm ready to go to work, I can log on to my computer and start working. If I wake up and I need an extra few hours in bed to get my life together, I can do that. And I don't have to necessarily feel bad about asking for time off because I don't have to ask for it off. Or I can do I can do work from my bed if I need to because my business is actually completely online unless I'm meeting with somebody that I know in person. And if I'm feeling more productive at night, then I can work at night. So it's just more flexible for me and I can capitalize off of when I have the higher energy levels instead of trying to force myself to be productive for certain hours every day. That that actually kind of reminds me of like what my work schedule is like. I I don't have my own business, but I work for a company where some of that flexibility is part of the job. We have office hours. It's like sort of expected that you'll be logged on during that time. But if you need to run personal errands during the day, you can do it and make up your hours at another time. If you want to work from home some days, that works. If you're more productive at night, you can log log on and get some work done. As, As long as you get your work done, it doesn't really matter. And I I think maybe for some of those people that need some structure or need to have like set hours for that they want to dedicate to their personal life versus work, finding those kinds of jobs where you can have it on your calendar or live by your schedule. Like this is when I'm going to dedicate this time to this. Or as as you kind of organize your week, week by week, you figure that out from the get go. I love that it's flexible, but like you said, not everybody wants flexibility. Some people want structure. So it really is to each their own because somebody's got to do those jobs that we're not doing. So (laughs) I just think there is a place for everybody to fit in and to be productive and to be the best version of themselves that they can be and get fulfillment and balance out of whatever career it may be for them. So maybe my last question is, what would be maybe some some tips or lessons learned that you would offer others about just being able to keep track of their work-life balance and trying to make sure that they're having a a decent work-life balance? I would say it's all about finding what works for you. And I talk about this on my own platforms all the time. Some people may not have big families or lots of responsibilities outside of work. And they may want to dedicate more time to a job. Some people are more career driven that way and want something to fill their time with. But other people may be like me and have bigger families or tired bodies or whatever the case may be where they require more rest and balance to feel happy. So I think it's just really important for you to reflect on what it is that you want, because it's not going to look the same for everybody. Someone may be somewhere in between those two ends of the spectrum. So it is different. And it's all about finding what works for you and figuring out what your specific needs are so that you can have those needs met and get that fulfillment. And, you know, whatever the special formula is for you to make you feel like you're getting the most enjoyment out of life, I would say just do it. And always give yourself grace because at the end of the day, you are probably the hardest person on yourself. It can be easy to be hard on yourself and hold yourself to a high expectation. But 
be forgiving and loving towards yourself. I had to learn that when I was dealing with my health issues and just know that you're doing the best that you can. I would agree with that. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, like you said, reflecting on what works for you, what your priorities are, what you feel like you need to dedicate your time is the key because with every year, some of that work-life balance, I sort of feel like it's sort of a moving target. So it's just something that you're always kind of working towards and like fidgeting as you go, what what's working, what's not working. Yeah, I think a misconception I had when I was younger is that when you're an adult, you have it all figured out. And I don't think we ever have it all figured out at any point. So don't feel like you don't have it figured out and you feel bad about it because I don't think any of us have it all figured out. Like everything else in life, it's just something you learn as you go. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Madeline, for joining us today on the podcast and sharing a little bit about your experience and some just general tips and stuff about your work-life balance. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. As you heard from Madeline, getting to a work-life balance that works for you may take some reflection to figure out what you want your balance to look like at any given point in your life. It is something that evolves, but being able to keep it balanced can help you feel more fulfilled at the end of your work days. If you have more questions or want to share your experience with this topic, reach out to us online at howtocollegefirstgen.org. If you prefer to reach us on social media, you can find us at howtocollegefirstgen on Instagram and Facebook and htcfirstgen on Twitter. Thanks again to our guests and thank you for tuning in today on How to College for First Gens. Remember, you are not alone in this journey. Until next time.